0: Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He's with us Friday mornings, Erev Shabbos here at JM in the AM. Mr. Holmline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. It's good to be with you. Can't overstate the importance of every election day, right?
1: Every election and people should vote every line. Don't skip and just, you know, because there's one particular the mayor race takes dominance or something. You have to vote for every position and look at the referendum, which I know many of the organizations have uh, indicated uh, are not in the interests of the community or the people generally and should uh, read them before you vote. Uh, It's very important that people... Um, take note of what's in those referendums.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that. I didn't even realize that the referendums were of real note this time around. I'm glad you mentioned that. so people pay attention and uh, listen to those who are in the know about what is best for us and the community. Um, and again, Tuesday is Election Day nationwide. Lots of governor's races and obviously many, many others. So please, um, no matter what level the uh, the office might be that's being contested, make sure uh, to vote. Um. So I, I I'm, I'm, I i don't want to say I'm confused, but it seems I'm not alone. So maybe I'll use that term. Uh, November first, which you know is Monday. Israel is reopened to vaccinated people or not? Be confused. <laughs> that's what I figured. It seems like everyone's thinking the way I'm thinking. Like no but, one really knows what the story is, and we're we're you know within a couple of days that's away.
1: That's the story. Um, look, the the uh, um. You know, the, the the releases that are coming out, including this morning, um, the directions would seem to indicate that if you have um, the proper vaccinations and documentation and you file the paperwork in advance and take the PCR, you should be able to go. Uh, but I think it will require still some more clarification because it, for, it depends on which uh, inoculation you get. Right. It depends on the, and that affects the amount of time. In advance, like for the third the booster shot, for Moderna you need two weeks, for Pfizer so you need one week right. before you can go. But there, there's much more in terms of um, the difficulty. To, uh, we don't have a digital system uh, like Europeans do so that Israel can check more readily. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit more complicated. You know, what?
0: I think the most frustrating part is that some of the details that you just went through, people are like, OK, that's good concrete information. If I have the PCR, if I have the vaccine, like I know, yes or no. But it seems like this rumor went out from the government of Israel and we're sort of just expecting that final declaration. And that's just not coming, it seems
1: well they they've had final declarations maybe every other day a final declaration <laughs> has come out uh, and, and i think it's because of the reaction that people just don't have the clarity right. but travel agents i think will and i think uh, you know after november 1st right. you'll see um, that that tourism will go up people will start be, being able to go back uh, the problem is with the children who are not vaccinated there'll be other complications that uh, i think we're going to have to address
0: by the way, and I know that obviously this is really a local issue and and I won't spend time on it because that's not usually our focus and I get that but I I just just to make sure that I you know that I'm that, that I'm thinking the right way what, what what do you think of the uh of the COVID uh, vaccination mandates that are now affecting at least in New York I know what's happening in the rest of the country that are now affecting the number of people in the public safety realm uh, who can serve and, and is really having an effect on police department, fire department, other really important departments.
1: I, yeah, it's not just a local uh, affair because it's it's happening around the country and uh, it's, it affects hospitals. It affects many other first responder Positions. It's uh, quite frightening that thousands of people are being laid off at a time when we see crime increasing, when we see the tensions in society, the the need for them in general, but even more so now. um, I hope that they can find some sort of a resolution, because they are putting their colleagues in danger if they if they're not vaccinated. They can put the people they work with in danger. But they the people who were in the hospitals were working straight through COVID, and many of them were not vaccinated, and take other precautions. There has to be some way that they come to a, a resolution of this. Uh, and,
0: in, and back to Israel for a second. So the good news is, at least what I saw in the article in Hamodia this morning, they are expecting tens of thousands in Chevron, probably right now. They're pouring in, hopefully. Outdoor activities are, are opening up with less and less restrictions. And I guess, just to conjecture, that if there are no more serious variants down the road, we really could be, could be in a stage of real reopening.
1: We could be absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of concern about what will happen in Chevron uh, in terms of uh, it's a spread event, but I think it's a good test to see right. if, if um, it's there's no, you know, uptick because of it. Then uh, Israel is on the right track. Yeah. They seem to be anyway, with the number of cases uh,
0: decreasing. Yeah, the only scary thing is, of course, Israel's been on the right track before. But let's hope, let's hope, let's hope. All right, uh, go to uh, the story with the Iran for a second. Can- can you re-enter, I, I, I was sort of confused about a New York Times article, can Iran re-enter nuclear talks without the United States being involved?
1: Yes. How does that work? Because the United States pulled out of the nuclear talks. We, we pulled out of the JCPOA. And so their negotiations, as I pointed out repeatedly here, is not with us. And when when they go back to Geneva, they're talking about talking to Russia, China, and the Europeans, basically, um, in the absence of the United States. The right, United but- States has said that they will go back in. Under the right uh, circumstances, in fact, are anxious. Uh, The administration has said that they were anxious to go back, but Iran, in the meantime, is using all of this time to enhance their stockpile of enriched uranium. I mean, people think that they're, they're they're stalling because they're gaining while all this time they're they're advancing their ballistic missile capacity, they're advancing the weaponization process, and. So whether they come back to the JCPOA, whether they have to negotiate a new JCPOA, whether they, you know, find some other interim agreement, which some people are proposing, that, you know, they take it step by step and match, and the United States has said that they would match Concession, you know, some action by Iran with action by the United States in terms of reducing sanctions, which is a mistake. I think this is a time when the sanctions have the maximum leverage, and we should use it. And and you know, Iran is engaging in as always in the cyber attacks. We saw it on uh, uh, repeatedly, and the uh, drone attack on our troops in Syria, which was clearly. Uh, with the, them, uh, the Iranians were behind it, and then they got struck too. When their, all their gas stations broke down, uh, and it was hit by a cyber attack from an unknown source, uh, and there were also um, uh, attacks
0: on some of their troops. Right, but okay. So I should have asked the question differently. With that in mind, and with a desire to get the sanctions removed, etc., isn't it only in Iran's interest that if they do reopen negotiations or continue to? Uh, to talk to other countries, that the US be involved because it, it, th- that that is their end game. Their end game is that they they want a much more sympathetic administration, which I now have in Washington, to give in on those issues and to remove sanctions and make their lives easier.
1: It, 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 they are there are indirect talks with the United States that have been going on all the time. Um, there have been the high level meetings, and where right, has indicated he doesn't want to meet with Americans, and the fact that he made his first trip. To, the, uh, uh, to Dushanbe, where they had the conference uh, on, um, of the, um, you know, the, the Southeast Asian group uh, that they wanted to be part of and are now part of. And they've applied for, I don't know, 14 years uh, to be part of it. And they, um, so they're looking east to Russia, to China. That's why they made those the priority visits of Raisi, the new president of Iran, uh, and the foreign minister. Uh, so they're trying to say, we're not dependent on the United States, you know, we can manage without you. But the truth is, the internal situation deteriorating so rapidly mm-hmm. continues to deteriorate. The, um, their, their currency is worthless. The exports, all the things that uh, they would need, that uh, the, the drought has eaten up a good part of the country. And unemployment is extremely high, and COVID continues to be a, a challenge for them. Yet, it's not the interest of the people that, that motivates them. You know, there was a, a report this week, which also got almost no attention, but it showed that, that last year they executed 250 people, including four child offenders. Not people who offended children, but four children who were charged. And this year, they've already done 230, including nine women and one child. And, they, you know, they do this with forced-extracted... Um, uh, tort, uh, uh, confessions, um, which are uh, uh, obtained under torture, and the um, I mean the acts uh, of reprisals against the families of the victims, against human rights defenders, against uh, lawyers, is is astonishing. And yet the world doesn't tell you the truth. And you know they keep saying we we've got to win them back. We have to talk to them. And if it weren't for the fact that the U.S. military was tipped off about the fact that Iran's attack was going to take place on the troops in Syria, uh, we would not have removed the 200 soldiers who were there and left only 12. The the toll might have been much higher.
0: How how does the economic situation manifest itself? Are they begging for handouts? Are Are they pleading to the world for assistance? Or are they just, they couldn't care less what's happening with their citizens and the hierarchy has all the money they need?
1: The hierarchy, as you said, the IRGC and the Supreme Leader control 40% of the economy. So they get their cut off the top. And the um, the people are, are suffering, but they're willing to. The messages we keep getting are that people are saying, we will suffer for it if you get rid of this regime. And they have many people have done extremely courageous things. There have been many demonstrations across the country. Uh, and, you know, people are not pressing them to go back to, to, to the talks. The people are pressing for just daily basic needs. And, by the way, you know, the charges that they don't have enough vaccine because of the U.S., it's, right. just, it's a lie. Our sanctions don't apply to medicines and, and things like that.
0: Unbelievable. Uh, by the way, on the subject of uh, executions and punishments, of the sort, Hamas has killed six informants that, uh... They, they, or six people who they accused of being informants for Israel, and obviously nobody reacts. The world doesn't say a word, and they're and they're and, and they're carrying out these uh, capital punishments for those who I, I assume the. I mean, I, can you even use the word fair trial or like? <laughs> no,
1: there's no fair trial, and it's, an, it's it. This is a way to get rid of your political opponents. Right. It's a way of um, doing a lot of other things other than just. Um, and dealing with, uh, with people, they, the, the easiest way is you accuse them of being a spy for Israel and they, and you execute them. And they they have rounded up people, and you hear it from the family members who assert that they were not in any way involved in any of these nefarious activities uh, by their definition. Um, so it, there's no rule of law, there's no standard uh, for them to be held to. And it's, uh, it's really remarkable how the... The media jumps to the defense of the NGOs that Israel has identified, these six NGO, non-governmental organizations, who were all uh, directly tied now to the PFLP, the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine, a terrorist organization designated by the United States Europeans, not just Israel. They they have the direct information on these guys, and yet the people are jumping to their defense that it's a restriction of free speech, whatever. Um, and you look at the names, all the fancy names, you right. know, I was the just nurses say, and I was women just... for peace, et cetera, et cetera. I was
0: just going to say, really well dressed, the,
1: <laughs> the yeah. names. but they their terrorist organs, their, their top, many of some of their officers actually uh, leaders were involved in terrorist attacks, and their the money goes to support. DFLP the operations then, according
0: to the charges. Yeah, and the world says nothing, and, uh, and and not only that, as you just pointed out, when these six organizations are linked to real terror organizations, not only is it irrelevant to everybody, but they go out there and defend them, which is just uh, incredible. Uh, and, and, and I hate to say it, and you would know the details, I would not, but I have a feeling some people from our community are among those defenders,
1: I would bet. There are people who, who are, you know, and they look at everything... Um, uh, you know, right away with a critical eye, criticizing, criticizing Israel. Let them study the history. Let them look at the context in which this is taking uh, pace, the place. These are not advocates for peace. They're the advocates for the destruction of Israel. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a scam. So they hide behind the skirts of, of legitimate human rights uh, um, There are legitimate human rights organizations in the world but these are not them and and it's really amazing to see the united states actually has been pretty um restrained in its response to it and they were given the information somebody flew from israel there was a big controversy about whether or not they were informed Uh, israel said they did inform them they were claiming they did not get informed um the truth is that some people were informed, and maybe it's easier for them to uh, address some of the more extreme elements in in, the, in Congress or others by saying that they didn't know about it. Right.
0: It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio from around the world, the web and alchemsegal.com and the Alchem network, and of course in the beloved NSN app. All right, so the prime minister and I guess others in the Israeli administration are going through this whole Settlement expansion issue, uh, housing issue, Um, we want to build homes in certain places, Judea, Samaria, etc. And the United States is not very happy. What can you tell us about this? The United States is not very happy about it. (laughs) That's for sure.
1: (laughs) It's like the old story over and over again. Right. And it's, uh, you know, first of all, you notice that nobody mentions that they included in their 1,200 units for Palestinians approving new construction for them. They don't... um, tell the story of where these that they're all built within the confines and the restricted areas that uh, of the existing communities and um, and it's something that we we've seen before and that will be uh... raised over and over again and israel gets beaten up for for building civilian housing for people in uh, in these areas within the constraints and the defined boundaries so, uh, no doubt, we'll hear more about it.
0: Yeah, and this the United States administration obviously is not um, is not going to pass on an opportunity uh, to criticize Israel for doing this, even if, as you just described, it's totally legitimate. The, um, uh, the, the The other thing regarding the prime minister, and I saw this in a story this morning. D- did he, in fact, did he, in fact, conjecture? That this rotation system for prime minister will never actually happen. I assume that means that the government will dissolve. In his opinion, uh, you know, at least midway through, if not earlier. And well, first of all, was it was it in fact him who was conjecturing this way?
1: So it wasn't a closed. It wasn't a public event, and they claimed that in this private discussion, he did say that he didn't think Lapid would ever get to be prime minister, which means that they're not going to make it past halfway. That uh, you know, the challenge is. Once they get past the budget, which is remarkable, and it looks like they will get past it, uh, there are other challenges, and I think he was making an offhanded private comment. I don't think he intended it to be a public declaration. Yeah. But you you know, a comment like that's not going to stay quiet for very long.
0: Well, not just that; it's disturbing to hear that uh, that the, the you know, we're, we're, look. What are we hoping for now after the whole? Uh, you know, after all the elections, we're hoping for a little bit of stability. Right, I, I'm sure that you would you'd
1: prefer if he, same he, word that came to mind as you were saying it. it yeah, that's the key. And I'm but, but there are so many contentious issues, and you have such a frail um, concoction there of that anybody from Ram the Arab party to others can pull the government down. It just. Uh, but why
0: doesn't it seem that way from the media? Why doesn't it? See, it doesn't look like chaos compared well, to. Well,
1: first of all, the media is supportive of this uh, government. They don't want to see a return in Netanyahu because most of the media is more left, right. and uh, that's one. And, and that's regardless of the time and, and the people in, in place. The um, and second, I think they too want some stability. They recognize the need to get this budget passed. Although there are criticisms of uh, of the uh, prime minister periodically, and even the yeah. foreign minister. There's nobody in the offing right now. there's nobody who unites any of the parties, not Likud, uh, unless it's uh, Netanyahu who still enjoys eighty percent support according to the polls within Lee Kud, but he's getting challenged from amongst his allies and former allies uh, very seriously and amongst the other side there's no there are no there's no one there that's going to galvanize so if you had a real leader to in to challenge him. Within or within the opposition, but the parties affiliated with the government, but I don't see it.
0: Do you get the feeling, seeing the events he's going to and the way he's behaving, that the prime that that Prime Minister Netanyahu is again running for prime minister?
1: Well, I think he smells blood and he'll come out and do more. Um, but I think a lot of people in Likud would like to see him have a be the senior statesman, but to have somebody new emerge that would lead the party and. You know, assure them a victory in in any future election. Uh, but th- you know, there are a lot of people who said that they would affiliate with Likud uh, Likud without Netanyahu. Right. So he's burnt a lot of bridges there. But he's also seen by many in the public what is, as a as the, a real leader.
0: What is it about political figures in history, Malcolm, that they never think that their time is up? <laughs> what is it with that?
1: Well. It's a natural thing I mean it's true in business it's true in other sectors that people nobody wants to admit it and you gotta sometimes look in the mirror and just say you know what is the best interest not of you but of the things you care about and some of us make decisions on that basis to assure that there's the proper continuity and leadership and and for people you know it's very heady to be you know Prime Minister and to be in, in a leadership position You know, it's very hard. John Cabot Lodge was once asked when he was 85 why he takes on these assignments and travels abroad. And he said, because after you ride in a limo with a police escort, you can't take the subway.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's true. Um, I just think it's so difficult. You know, you mentioned business and other uh, pursuits. Uh, Some of them don't seem as difficult as the road to get back into the center of the political arena. And uh, it doesn't stop Netanyahu and many others, as you pointed out. Doesn't
1: Well, here, too, we have the same, you know, it's true universally. You see how many times leaders are recycled and brought back, and, um, you know, it's a natural phenomenon in in politics. So you don't doubt that Trump will be in
0: the Republican primary next time
1: around? I certainly think it's possible. Right.
0: I guess it depends on health and other things. Um... You know, it's funny. I, I don't remember if we discussed it and if this opinion came from you or or, um, or we were d- discussing what others felt about it. But on the Ben and Jerry's thing, um, at some point on these airwaves, it was mentioned uh, that all this is a drop in the bucket and, and insignificant. But now, when you're talking about over $100 million dollars, um, um, uh, divested uh, from new york and you're putting together all the other states that are hopping on this bandwagon which for some reason just continues to to grow ever so strong it's really it's it's i, I think it's unbelievable to watch you know usually these things last for a few days and it's over with this thing just keeps on going uh it's got to get to the point where this is going to be a real financial burden or am i fooling myself
1: no the hope is that uh, that that they forced the parent company because clearly the Ben and Jerry's board is the Ben and Jerry's board, and that this is their positions, and they've had all these extreme uh, positions. And um, you know, they, the the um, parent company, though, you know, is such a, a, a massive company to really impact it. You need to have many states adopt these measures. Now, Arizona has, Florida has. Uh, New York, thanks to Mr. Na- Napoli, uh, announced uh, that he's going to cut a, each one over $100 million of investments from the company. Sooner or later, it really does impact, and their board of directors will start saying, you know, questioning them and looking at how this impacts the bottom line, and hopefully a lot of people are not buying the ice cream also, and there's a, I think the Florida University system said they're not going to carry it, and I'm sure there are many others that don't get national attention but who, who subscribe to it, and also, we, we can't let it die down. And the reason why it's important is not because of what Ben & Jerry's is or where they can eat get uh, their ice cream. There's plenty of alternatives. It's because of the, what the message that it represents and that we have to show other companies that they can't get away with it, that this is an extension of BDS. And they'll say, well, it's only targeted for the Eshtachim. It's, only for, it's, it's targeted. It's not, that's not the message. The message is that Israel is being boycotted by Ben & Jerry's. And regardless of how they try to redefine it and limit it, the fact is that the damage is done, and there has to be a, a consequence to it. We have to see them either reverse the decision publicly or pay a price and I think the the uh, damage to the brand is certainly clear, but I mean Ben and jerry don 't own it anymore and They have, uh, everybody has seen by this time their videos where they say they support the existence of Israel, but this was uh, against the policy. The fact is that in this era of the rising anti-semitism, the new statistics that came out in the last week, which shows the hostile atmosphere that a third of Jewish students have experienced uh, something on the anti-semitism on the campus, that 40% of American Jews have changed their behavior. They won't wear outward symbols, that they uh, check where they go, that they change their Facebook postings, that if people are afraid to be publicly identified as a Jew in in the United States, and that the Um, and and that such a significant part of the American Jewish community has experienced or know of somebody who directly experienced an anti-Semitic attack, including physical assaults, then these things, uh, like what Ben and Jerry's did, they contribute to this atmosphere and they have to be stopped. And you can't say anything is irrelevant or any of these are not important. They're all important because they contribute to the general climate that it's open season, and for those, you know, who want to criticize Israel, it's one thing, and again, nobody should say, you know, that, oh, it's about, it's about policy. It's not about policies of Israel. This is about the right of Israel to exist, the right of Jews to have a state, the right of Jews to be like other people and have national self-determination, etc. So, you know, I know a lot of people that will give it the back of their hand. It's a mistake. This, each of these things is another brick in the wall of anti-Semitism.
0: I was happy to see the list of 200 celebrities that came out anti uh, BDS. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it gets lonely, and you wonder: is anybody out there? You know, is anybody out there on our side? So at least uh, there are some people who are brave enough to come out. But um, uh, the the, um, uh, the 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 target that they become on social media, just for you know making an instant statement about being against boycotting Israel, is unbelievable. they we shouldn't minimize what they have to endure. Uh, when this, I don't know if you saw the New York Times was, uh, was unhappy with Mayim Bialik. Uh, Hollywood is turning on Mayim Bialik because she's not balanced. Right. It's not balanced. Well, too Israeli, quote unquote, or too, too much of a lover of Israel. She's not balanced enough to be the, uh, the host of Jeopardy. And, you know, you know who they came for first in that whole routine. And I'm telling you now that, that, that those who think that they're ensconced in the, in the, in the woke area of life, in this country they're going to be uh, they're going to see how people turn on them in an
1: instant, and yet you see that the place where you see increased trade dramatically is in in the Muslim world, the Arab, the uh, Abraham Accords countries. Yeah. There are all sorts of conferences and business exchanges and trade, including Morocco now. The flights to all these countries are materializing. Um, the the uh, change in their textbooks and other things that they who are on the front line of all of these issues live with Israel in the region. If anybody should have a, a, a gripe or something, if, if Israel were this can. Camp- that they describe, they, they would know it. And, in fact, you see quite the opposite. This week, the head of the World Muslim League, based in Saudi Arabia, former minister of justice, uh, one of the top, I guess, two Muslim leaders in the world, went to YU to speak and was amazing and met with Holocaust survivors and uh, met with us and he's a, a good friend of, that we've developed over the years. Um, it's remarkable to see this change and and I said, but aren't you worried? Aren't, aren't you threatened? He said, no more. No more. Wow. And they said, and I don't get, when he started, he used to get death threats. He said, it's not the case anymore. It doesn't mean that things have dramatically right. changed. We still see some of the polls, but there, are, there is a change taking place, and yet in Europe and the United States and the, the Western democracies, we see this uh, this horrific uh, uptick in, in Jew hatred, and the need to, to stand up against it is, is
0: radical. What a different world. Unbelievable. Um, the uh, Bennett-Putin meeting, which, which um, uh, led to the Prime Minister having to spend Shabbat outside of Israel, uh, went very long. Uh, what were the results of that encounter?
1: Well, that he got another invitation to come back with his wife. That um, they hoped uh, that they they had a much longer talks than anticipated. I think they went over five hours, as mm-hmm. you said. He had to spend Shabbos in Sochi. Um, but look, the relationship with with Russia is very important because of Russia's presence in uh, Syria, and because uh, Israel's freedom to operate there is dependent largely on it. There are reports that the Russians have disbanded the militia group they had on, near the Golan which um, could free up thousands of people to uh, uh, these renegades to go with other groups, including uh, Hezbollah and Iran, which is increasing its presence along the Golan all the time and trying to move in anti-aircraft systems, as well as in Lebanon and in Iraq, because they want to counter any potential Israeli strike and to be able to threaten Israel more directly. Uh, So Russia critical role there and it and and with minimal investment they have leveraged it uh and you know backed Assad from the beginning and therefore got and now a naval base there an air force base which is very critical uh you see his more aggressive actions in the, in Libya and elsewhere so Russia is uh, is on the move and the um the, the relationship that Israel has with it is very critical and i and I've spoken to Putin on occasions and he you know he spoke to me about the uh how he told Arafat at the time that if you attack Israel, you attack Russia because I have a million of my people there, and I'm there to protect them um so I think if the relationship going right can
0: be yeah. very important interesting to see the two of them get along <laughs> the prime minister and the president of Russia. Uh, finally, I mean, I, I saw this in in, in today's Hamodia. I mean, if Hamas has this type, if Hamas leadership has this type of financial network and investments up the wazoo, is anybody paying attention? Does the United States government even care?
1: Well, I think they care because this funds a terrorist operation that is not just limited to Gaza. And you're talking about Hamas having $500 million uh, supposedly stashed away. But they're not the only ones. These other groups, Hezbollah, similarly, has been discovered to have it. The PA uh, has money stashed away. they are all kleptocracies where it's the leadership that benefits. And, you know, when when Israel or or other foreign countries... uh, um, send in aid. It often is sold then to the people. It's not given to them. Uh, and the same thing in Iran and other countries. And the beneficiaries are the are the elite leadership uh, who control the economy and and you know that raises the the anger of the people. And then they try to redirect that anger by attacking Israel and saying you know that Israel is responsible for their problems, etc. And and organizes the demonstrations along the border, let's say at Gaza which is not spontaneous it's it's organized but it's a it's a way of diverting attention by the governments from the their failure the economic collapse of, of these regions uh so the you know the United States has taken action and and sanctioned uh, people uh, in both in Gaza and in the uh, amongst Hezbollah and others, so have some of the European countries, but it's a re- you know they recognize and name names of people who are involved in in these activities because they violate most of the money laundering and criminal activities the laws that we have.
0: Yeah, and those laws would help uh, completely destroy the structure of their financial network, and obviously money mm-hmm. is the most important part. Money and I guess personnel is the most important part of what they do. Uh, as they try to terrorize others,
1: and they only have personnel if they have the money, right?
0: Well, love to see um, Washington pay more attention to these things and
1: act in a uh, in a. More- well, we have. I mean, there is. Are- Wait, this week Saudi Arabia blacklisted um, uh, uh, groups associated with the uh, Hamas with Hezbollah. You know, their, their, quote, financial arm, uh, and Kosovo took actions also sanctioning uh, Hezbollah and uh, designating a terrorist organization. So there are increasing efforts on part of some of the Europeans and others to take action uh, against them, and and Saudi Arabia and others have cut off much of their funding. Qatar continues to have the relationship. Turkey continues to have it. But I think that there's less money flowing to them, and they depend upon the drug uh, and criminal activities in which they engage, and uh, siphoning off money from, uh, from uh, in the case of Hezbollah, from uh, Shiite populations in Africa. Mm. And there's a whole study that came out recently that showed how much money flows from Africa, from uh, Shiites, are like 9 million in Nigeria, 2 million in other, I mean, there are millions all over the continent, but also you have uh, Lebanese who left Lebanon uh, in the hundreds of thousands uh, over the years in response to the conflicts, and they provide a lot of funding. These are Shiite populations that uh, from Lebanon who are in Africa. And um, provide funding to to Hezbollah.
0: Malcolm, I thank you. Uh, we will not be convening next week, but please, God, two weeks from now, and have so a wonderful. Nothing
1: weekend. will happen. It's good. So. <laughs> yeah, it'll
0: be, no news, no news. Some people like it, uh, it ign- be, like it that way. Some people like it. I like it that way. Some people like it. I can't believe you like ignoring the news. No way.
1: No I, way. Ignore it. I just like that nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: true. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful Shabbos. Malcolm Holine is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Fridays. 7:40 a.m. eastern time with the weekly update right here at JM in the AM. Next week I will not be here. We'll reconvene 2 weeks from today with the next weekly update.